We got a bonus episode of Toys and Tech of the Trade this week as I bring in Brandon Fassberg, who is going to share his story about starting an avocado-based hot sauce in the midst of a pandemic. Last On last week's episode, we discussed taking that risk, um, starting a business, working on that passion project, and Brandon embodies that fully. We're going to share his story and learn about the toys and tech of his trade. Brandon, what's going on? Hey, how's it going? Super, super fun. I'm really glad that we got to connect, number one, because you're a fellow New Yorker. Number two, you really are a prime example of that New York mindset of just going out there and showing grit and determination to get a project off the ground, especially in the midst of what's going on. So I want to start with the origin story, kind of start from the beginning. Um, Why avocados and why hot sauce? Yeah, it's probably uh, the best place to start, right? Um, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I started out disliking avocados very, very much. Um, in fact, when I was, I think, six or seven, uh, my mother and sister and I were driving in a car and we were going through our groceries in the supermarket and they took out this weird thing called sushi. I don't know if you've heard of it. <laughs> um, and I noticed, they're like, here, do you want to try a little bit? And I noticed there was something green inside and it kind of grossed me out so i became famous or as famous as you can get at seven years old for poking out the avocado with a chopstick before eating my sushi because i was i was afraid of it i didn't know what it was uh but a year later i couldn't get enough of it it became a like staple within my household and i have to give credit to the avocado for kind of kickstarting my healthy uh, way of life, I would say. Um, okay. But it's, we're helping to kickstart. I don't want to, I want to give credit to all the other fruits and vegetables out there. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, started as something I didn't understand. But after trying it, I realized that I missed more opportunities to eat something that I now am obsessed with and so obsessed. In fact, I had to start a company, uh, based around it. So, uh, thought the avocado club would be the perfect platform to promote the avocado and everything it represents. And yeah. And for hot sauce, I really, I wouldn't say I was a huge fan of hot sauce. I wouldn't go actively looking for new bottles. You know, a, a lot of, um, you know, the community members we've connected with, we've learned that, you know, they've been collecting for 50, 60 years, uh, new and interesting flavors and bottle designs. And basically my, background is based on and this might be like an overused phrase but storytelling um i've been a part of a lot of different types of companies using different structures uh the very very lean startup uh the agency in new york city the corporate publishing company um a few a few you know a handful of other startup projects i worked in big tech uh for a short while and all of these experiences kind of brought themselves together. Said, okay, what did you learn? Uh, and what don't you like? And let's just combine it, make something awesome. You know, we're a product of our mistakes after all. But not to get off track, uh, hot sauce. I have always wanted my own product. Um, I wanted to be able to hold something in my hand and confidently and proudly say, I made this. Uh, it looks great. It has value. Hoping. People are going to enjoy it and find value as well. And I'm going to introduce it to the world. Right. That 
broad kind of general goal was something I've wanted for a very, very long time. But dude, I had no idea what it was going to be. Um, I was totally lost and I just kept tasting different things, trying different industries and, um, you know, being a part of so many amazing games. And then, uh, during a trip to San Francisco, I was visiting, uh, you know, that side of the family, a couple friends, and I was in the mission, um, which, uh, if you've been in the area, I, I classify that part of San Francisco for tacos. It's okay. incredible food. And me and my friend Brian were just walking down the mission, looking for some food and we're eating tacos. And they're some of the best I've ever had in my life. And I was just like, wait a minute. This is, this is missing something. It's missing like, that punchy, like burst of like cold and refreshing flavor that just kind of enhances like this incredible experience. I was like, oh, it'd be really good to like have a hot sauce. And somehow that place, um, which I won't name, did not have a quality hot sauce or something I could basically say, oh, I wish I could make this at home or I wish I could have this with me uh, right. at all times. So I thought, I want to make a hot sauce. And I want to use my current platforms or my current reach and community to uh, infuse it that way. So I was looking at the Avocado Club and I was looking at hot sauce. And I learned that hot sauce uh, is, in my opinion, probably the most fun, most or the best rather opportunity for a business or product designer or somebody who wants to create to bring something to market in a fun, really community-inspired way. So you can look at a standard hot sauce bottle. You probably have one uh, pictured in your head or there's probably one on your fridge or on your table right now. Yep, and you a look few. At the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, they're, they've become staples at this point. But like, you look at the bottle, you look at what it's made of, you look at the size, and then you look at the label, look at the colors, you look at that size, you look at how it's branded, you look at the cap. You hold it in your hand. Of course, you taste it inside. There are so many different components of a hot sauce bottle that you can customize based on who you are as a person, your experiences, and you can basically use it to enhance any existing brand. Yep. Like if you named a company off the top of your head, you and I could probably create a hot sauce that represented that company. Now, in the in the midst of you going through this this process to to build towards the creation of this. One of, one of the things that fascinated me as I did the research for, for our conversation is the fact that you got this ball rolling going back to 2017. And it wasn't until 2019 that you really doubled down on in, in going down this path of creating this product. Now, the thing about it is, were you using your community to kind of beta test or create a particular product and how important was it to build that community first to get your get the ball rolling yeah absolutely and and community is the heart of this project and also the avocado club as a whole uh yeah i mean the company was formally established in 2017 as just that a community uh we launched unofficially on instagram and we just wanted to grow and focus our community growth there and we acted as and still do uh, as a curation account that just illustrates the most creative ways that people are using avocado today, um, whether in recipes or artwork, medicine, um, opportunities are endless. Yep. And 
there, the hot sauce, the first attempt at a hot sauce came during a tasting event that I hosted at um, a spot in Long Island City, Queens, where I was living at the time, to promote a food-based product, so not a hot sauce. Um, I don't want to give all the details away now because it's still something we might uh, build out in the future. Okay. Um, but it is something... It is something you and I just talked about uh, moments ago. Right. And we put together a hot sauce, right? I put together a hot sauce in my home kitchen that used avocado oil because I wanted to test it along with these secret menu items. But it wasn't the star. The menu item was a star. The hot sauce was a compliment. And we had note cards. And, you know, I invited my friends and my family. Um, you know, New York can be such a warm and, and like giving place if you if you're surrounded by good people here and you know everyone's always looking to help each other out especially in the restaurant scene um and i just invited my friends and family some people who we partnered with in the area and i collected their feedback after the event uh looked at it super carefully there were some people who said and i was just looking at the uh, hot sauce review this time some people said doesn't come out of the bottle it's way too hot. It's not hot enough, uh, which I thought was interesting. Um, the texture is unpleasant. The color is unpleasant. And the bottle was too small. And I looked at that and I thought, I said to myself, is it really worth like, doing this thing? Like, should, I, <laughs> should I even bother? So I stopped. And I focused uh, temporarily. I focused on just building the channels, uh, increasing our network, our brand partnerships. And just creating a platform, Instagram for now, also during that time, to bring people together, let them share their creations, allow other complementary brands in the avocado or health wellness space to share their story and for us to help share their story. And I think, honestly, it's going to sound a little silly, but this is just a, a social media marketer. Um, when we reached uh, 10,000 followers on Instagram, I thought, like, now that we have this healthy network, maybe we should offer something of our own because we've been sharing other products, other services uh, that have to do with the avocado, and they're all amazing. What if we could, and when I say we, I'm just saying, what if, what if I could, because it's me at the time, create something uh, that had our logo, our stamp on it, and that was good enough to make people happy or even one stranger happy? Um, that would be pretty awesome. So I looked back at the hot sauce and I thought, you know what? Let me do a little research. And let's see. I think we're about now to date 750 plus samples of the latest market ready recipe of Hariha Gokade have gone out to people. Um, which just was from an effort of using all of my mom's kitchen appliances, annoying the crap out of her to make sure <laughs> I had everything I need because I couldn't really afford it making gallons of this stuff, sourcing bottles, sourcing labels, um, learning how to make it. And now, I mean, it's, it's ready to launch on Kickstarter uh, next week. And um, I could say that right now, I'm glad and happy that I was able to put an idea out there into the world to have a large group of people dislike it, but also say, I don't like it, but here's what you can do to improve it. You probably agree, and I'm sure a lot of your guests would probably agree that there's nothing more valuable in this life than someone being honest yet constructive yep. with you. Um, 
it's it's a it's a superpower. And if you use it appropriately and responsibly, um, it can do amazing things for you. So uh, that combined with a lot of patience, a lot of burnt fingers. Uh, just a quick note: if you're going to cut chili peppers, always use gloves, no matter what. <laughs> uh, it happened happened to me a couple times. But hot sauce seemed like it was the perfect way to showcase our creativity because it's made up of a community of ingredients. Just like the Avocado Club is a community in itself. And we just wanted to stay on that theme. And now that we're crowdfunding it, it just seems natural to get other people or customers involved as club members, which is what we call our followers. So, uh, yeah, that's just, there's a lot happening, but, uh, really, really excited. I want to, I want to unpack a couple of items there. Um, first, I want to yeah. go back to, um, your initial trial run with the hot sauce for the the food dish that was the star of the show um hearing hearing that feedback especially for something that was essentially not even the main component or the main item being featured did did it dishearten you in a way because you look at it and you're like this is just a sauce like trying to uh, I'm, i want to oversimplify it just a bit for 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 a lot of people because when you when you buy a dish whatever the dish is yes there's there's the main component of the dish and then there's the ancillary components, whether it's, you know, garnishes, sauces, whatever the case may be. And usually, to your point, you bring all of that together into your dish essentially becomes the community because here's different facets all coming together to form this one complete item. And when you heard that much feedback, especially from something, like I said, that was just a, a, a side note of the dish and not the star of the dish itself. Mm-hmm. What went through your mind at that time? Did you did you take a moment and say, you know, this is just a part of the dish. It's not detracting from the main dish, which is the star here. Or were you bummed because you said to yourself, hey, this all came together and everyone's focused on one aspect of it and detracting and taking away from from the star of the show? Yeah. So you you nailed it. Uh, <laughs> that first thought. And I, it's just the entrepreneur in me, you know, this endless journey to just kind of get get it right. Uh, when I got that feedback, I thought, man, like I worked really hard on it. I thought it would be really good. I know nobody really tasted it, tasted it except for me. Um, but man, that's uh, that's kind of a bummer. And I wish I wish it was better. But then I started. I there were like seventy five or so uh, note cards that I created, and I was looking at them, and w- it started to become more clear to me that. These people, they wanted me to, um, because I knew them, because I knew who I invited, where I wanted to be there. They wrote down this generous feedback because they really, really wanted me to succeed. And like you said, you know, it was ancillary in that it wasn't, they didn't arrive to try the hot sauce. Right. They arrived to try this menu item and then, hey, we put a little something extra together to boost the experience and to show that, you know, we're creating some other stuff and there's little taste. Um, I recognize that there, there might actually be something here. If I could take this feedback, combine it with my research, talk to, you know, professionals who have done it before, I can really, I can really have something here. Um, but shortly after that event, I was like, all right, let's put it on hold and let's, let's see, maybe in the future we'll do something like that with the hot sauce. But uh, again, I, I can't say enough how important it is and how grateful I am uh, to receive that feedback, to keep receiving that feedback every day from 
uh, new friends who've been uh, testing it and trying it and giving honest, honest feedback. Um, from everything from what's inside, the flavor, the heat, to like what the bottle looks like and the logo. Um, it, you need to be able, I just personally feel, um, you know, as an entrepreneur, as somebody who wants to realize a dream or introduce something to market, pride just, it cannot get in the way of you hitting that launch button because these will be your customers. These right. will be your advocates, the people who, you know, you know, they're going to write the reviews. Uh, they're going to bring it to a dinner party. They're going to, you know, sing your praises. So it was very, very much the customer is always right. Um, but if the feedback doesn't directly apply to enhancing the experience, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll accept it and listen to everyone. I'm super proud of just our CX experience uh, on our social channels. Everybody gets a reply. Um, but yeah, just this product, I, I swear this, product i will not sorry i would not have been able to push launch in three or four days on the kickstarter if i didn't listen and apply this feedback and the best of the best was when i applied the feedback sent out the revisions the new samples and the reviews i mean they were they were surprising in the best possible way i'll just say that much and i'm just super grateful uh for every single piece of feedback now the one the one thing you know for for people that are on that don't know the the background of creating a product like this there was there was a lot to be done from uh you know food handling protocols finding a a, a space to to like a, a test kitchen being able to mm. to sell this product to market the the thing that gets me is you were doing all of this and were you working a regular full-time job in the midst of trying to get this dream started yeah. Wow. <laughs> this is the short answer. Um, I, I mean, I worked, I worked multiple jobs, not all at the same time, but I was in a lot of different roles during this whole creation period. But I always make a point to work smart, not hard. And that's really the only reason why we're ready to launch when we are. Right. Um, you know, using the right software, uh, you know, using my know-how, my networks, know how to you know create documents and honestly just using the basic power of internet access uh to make everything happen um there were sleepless nights there was a lot of anxiety nervousness i mean to be honest i'm still feeling traces of that now i'm hoping it's mostly excitement uh because we're so close but um yeah just you know before when i decided yeah let's do a hot sauce let's make something awesome I didn't know how to make hot sauce, like at all. Um, I could probably throw a bunch of random ingredients in the blender and churn it out, but probably would not taste very good. Well, so I, yeah, go ahead. No, well, that was actually my next question in terms of just background in the food industry. You came in based on how you've been describing this journey. You came in, no pun intended, raw, like you had no commercial food experience. Am I correct? Well, yeah, you're correct in that. I have I haven't directly had experience in the commercial food right. manufacturing business. Um but I came from two uh entrepreneur chef parents nice. uh, from Queens. Yeah, which which could be a very powerful thing if used uh, correctly. Uh they actually met in a kosher deli where I was born and food and food marketing and food storytelling, everything food, 
has been a big part of my life uh, since the beginning and definitely have to thank both of my parents for putting me in a position of appreciation for the culture of food and uh, culture of food around the world. And, you know, I worked, uh, I worked with my parents in both of their businesses in the back, whether it was making bagels, working the POS system, uh, posting on social media. And I, I mean, I loved it for the most part because it was the food and there's nothing better and good food made by good people. But in regards to like working in a commercial kitchen and using this massive equipment, uh, giant boxes of peppers that I'm expecting to be taking very good care of uh, relatively soon. I had zero, zero idea. So I tapped uh, my social, the social media part of my brain and I jumped on Facebook and I just typed in hot sauce, um, which is probably one of the most powerful searches I've ever made in my life. And I filtered by groups. So I typed in hot sauce. And then with the results, I just clicked groups. And I saw a good four to five different hot sauce themed groups that had five figure following with about 50 to 60 posts per day. Yeah, right? It's crazy. And I thought, what if I could just join these groups as a curious person and ask these people, like, how do I make hot sauce? Like, where do I start? What equipment do I need? So that's exactly what I did. And this effort was free. Facebook group access is free. Yep. If you're a good person, I'm sure, I'm sure you've jumped in, uh, to find guests for your podcast. Uh, I believe that's actually how, isn't that how you and I connected? That's correct. We connected through, uh, <laughs> Potit's, um, Facebook group because I actually use the Potit service and we had interviewed the founder in an early episode. And the thing about it is to, Something, something that you driven home is being connected and leveraging that connectivity because there's a, for, for as much of, of the negativity that's under, that's underground in the internet, whether it's YouTube, Reddit, et cetera, there's a lot of good people and a lot of good initiatives that are out there. You just have to find them. Yeah, exactly. I honestly, I, I couldn't have said it better. It's, it, there's a real undervalued, uh, value within Facebook groups right now, if the intentions are good, if the community is supportive. So I just, I went into each of these groups and I said, Hey, I'm new to the hot sauce world. Would love to learn the basics. And then comments started pouring in. And I'm talking about like hundreds of people who were so happy with their own success. They wanted to share and their desire. I mean, it was, it was so warm to see that so many people wanted to help somebody new. So I, I honestly, I, I took their advice. They sent me links, the type of equipment, the type of blender, um, how to properly uh, sterilize the bottles before they're even spilled. It's incredibly important. Uh, shelf life, pH levels, the science behind it, which fascinates me, I think, the most, um, you know, of what you need to prepare each bottle for before it hits shelves. So I took the knowledge from all these amazing people, uh, all these amazing group members, uh, use YouTube, uh, for techniques. And I had a basic recipe and a basic technique. And once I had that, I thought, yeah, put an avocado club spin on it. Uh, did we just chunk up a bunch of avocado and throw it in there? I was like, it doesn't sound, it sounds okay, but it doesn't sound that good. And to be fair, uh, I have tried sauces that, uh, use that form of avocado and they're amazing. Like I can shout one out right now. Like SoCal sauce, 
Also, they did not pay for me to say this. I'm just a fan. Uh, they use actual avocado meat. And it's one of the best hot sauces I've ever had in my life. Um, but I wanted to do something different. I wanted to make us unique. So, you know, I added avocado oil into it, different quantities. And, you know, like we've been talking about this whole time, uh, tested it again, sent it to friends and family, um, sent it to, actually, this is an entirely different aspect, but I went back to the group members, right? And I just went out and said, I said, thank you guys. Now I know how to make hot sauce. Uh, I really, I'm, I'm really, really appreciative. So I posted in these groups, free hot sauce. First line, it said free hot sauce. Wow. Now, most people are going to look at that, right? That That's probably the reaction for a lot of those readers. Whoa, okay. But yeah, free hot sauce. But I had to follow up more. I had to say, look, so thank you guys so much for teaching me. I'm also not reading directly from the post, but it's, it's basically something like this. Thank you guys so much for teaching me how to make sauce. I would be absolutely honored to send you bottles um, for honest feedback so that we can launch this product with the best possible um, recipe. Uh, all you need to do is send me a DM on Messenger, on Facebook Messenger, and I'll coordinate. And I'll try to get a sample to everyone, to as many people as possible. And then I had to see something underneath that said, this is totally serious. You can look at my personal channels here to verify that I am a real person. Um, yeah, I mean, that was it. Within 60 seconds. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. I jumped in Messenger. The app crashed on me. Um, wow. It might have been a coincidence. Yeah. Uh, I, I must have got by the end of the day about 150, I want to say, requests. Uh, some people who said, yeah. Send me a free bottle. And that was it. Like, okay. Other people were like, wow, super happy for you. Really excited that you're launching. Would love to try it. Give you some honest feedback. Maybe even leave a review on my YouTube show. All right. So, two, yeah, two very different types of responses. Um, so I packaged up samples. I got some craft green shredded paper for filler. I made custom notes. Uh, I locked down a sticker partner to pump out some stickers in exchange for features on social media. Um, and I put this, these awesome packages together into, and I put the hot sauce in little glass four ounce bottles at the time. And I sent them out and the review started rolling in. And compared to the feedback at that first beta phase, um, it was completely different. And that was a really fulfilling moment for me because I was able to stay patient, use that feedback, use the new techniques that I've learned and now, I mean, I didn't just have great feedback from, from, from testers. I had potential customers. Yep. Um, and I just thought, like, this is, this is like more people need to know about, right? <laughs> like, like if I was able to find and effectively target these customers who buy hot sauce, who enjoy hot sauce and have them like it. And all it costs was like a four ounce bottle of the stuff just to see if they actually would enjoy it. I mean, I'll do this a million times over. So that is when I really started realizing that the true power of Facebook, in my opinion, right now, is in groups. And I can agree with that. Yeah, I, I know. I know you definitely agree. Um, but yeah, I, I've been overwhelmed in the most positive, amazing way. And um, now the community has grown, uh, and it's full of people who are ready for the launch, who are ready to buy it, and 
even now I want to constantly improve and, and make it better. And I, I think that's just going to be the case for uh, forever. So, yeah. Well, the dream, your dream is, has become all consuming and that's when you know that it's, it's, you're on the right track. Um, you know, establishing all the, all the behind the scenes stuff, like, uh, getting a company started and, you know, in, in this case, like starting an LLC. How did that feel when you're, you filed your, it came back and it, it was, it was tangible. Now it was a real thing. Like describe that feeling when you got that back and you're like, wow, I'm a real business. Like this is it. Because again, there's different facets to quote unquote, a real business, like creating the website. That's one way because you're putting it into the ether. But when you go through the legal process of legitimately putting yourself out there, it's a different feeling. How was that for you? Like that first, like, like when you got those papers in and you went through the process and you knew like, this is, this is it. Like it's official now. Yeah. So I was feeling a lot of different things. But my first thought was, what is the silly name of a company doing on such an official document? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good way to look at it. I'm like the Avocado Club LLC in New York State. It just I couldn't really take it seriously. Right. But um, I mean, I was I was just so happy that I was able to take such a mature step in uh, legitimizing this community that was just made for fun. Um, that now you know we took a responsible step towards. Sorry, I it was just me at the time. I'm just so used to saying we. I want to speak on behalf of the Avocado Club, our community, our club members, our partners. Um, but I was just, I was so happy that, you know, that was taken care of. And now we we're going to do everything, of course, by the book, the right way, the legal way, the responsible way. Um, it felt great. And I just felt a little bit more weight, maybe, um, to really bring this thing home. And now that it was official, like you said, I mean, out in the world, um, we had to start making stuff. We had to start breaking some eggs. Uh, you know, and making something awesome. But <laughs> as anybody who's ever done that before or placed that order, um, it makes you nervous. It makes you excited and proud and occasionally lonely because it's not an easy thing. And a lot right. of people, you know, won't always connect to the entrepreneurial way of life. But true for me, I do remember getting a smallest bottle of the cheapest champagne that I could find. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> in a liquor store nearby and I just had myself a cocktail and just smiled. I said, all right, this is, this is real. Uh, let's get to work. Now, of course, with, with, with everything, there's, there's always some hurdles. Um, you know, what was one of the, the toughest challenges that you've endured to date, uh, in getting this project off the ground? Because again, you know, people, people, people want to eat the sausage, but don't want to know how the sausage is made, you know? Yeah, yes, yes, I do. Ah, man, you know, I'm looking at every single factor of like putting this particular project together, um, or this one division of the Avocado Club. And mostly I'm looking at it like it was a pleasant experience. Everything was super smooth. So like when I really look back, I think, you know what? Like finding the bottle, like designing the label, identifying the kitchen space understanding which certifications and documents need to be approved, uh, the FDA, uh, the shelf life, the pH levels. Uh, like I said before, the science of the product um, occasionally took the fun out of building it. Um, but I think that's just a part of any business that is coming together. You know, there are going to be some boring parts, but if you get through it, you can have more fun. 
um, I would say just like, yeah, those, those scientific details that I'm so uh, grateful to now know a lot about are just locking those down and understanding, you know, what was really needed to get this thing to market and to make it uh, a regular item to get people to experience it, to build that funnel. Um, I'm fortunate enough to have learned uh, quite a bit of marketing techniques uh, throughout my career. There's always room for more. There always will be. But I felt like I was able to uh, use the basics of social media marketing, community, uh, influencer marketing, brand partnerships to uh, get this thing ready. But yeah, there were some moments where like, I would have said, like, is this still worth it? Because there's so many little things that need to get done to make a hot sauce. Um, and I'm glad I decided that it was. Yes, it's still worth it. Um, and I think it was when I, I put this final bottle together and I looked at it and I tasted it and I had that big dumb smile on my face. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's totally worth it. I do it all over. Um, and there will be other challenges, uh, I'm sure, but I just need to do everything in my power as a founder, as a business owner to equip the brand for anything that comes our way. And, uh, yeah, and I think that's, that's the reason I'm feeling extra confidence of just about pushing the launch button, not necessarily knowing what's going to happen after, but to know that we're uh, equipped and ready to handle whatever might come our way. So, uh, yeah. Just a, a reminder to our audience that the launch is going to be uh, September 1st. And, you know, when we're recording this, we're right around the, the tail end of August to jump right into the launch, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to do this. Uh, I wanted to make ensure that you got that traction, that extra social boost out there. Now, with regards to forming the Kickstarter, did you feel that Kickstarter was the right vehicle for this versus trying to get traditional funding from getting bank loans, et cetera? Did you feel that that was just the, the right approach or was it something that you said, if I go this route and for whatever reason, things don't line up, uh, you know, it, it doesn't, nothing is being hurt in the process. It's just back to the drawing board and starting again. Yeah. So the short answer is Kickstarter crowdfunding. Absolutely. The way to go. Um, the long answer is, you know, just looking at the avocado club and how it was made, why it has the growth that it has now is based on the power of that community. And now the product. Like we said before, it's a community of ingredients. So we're on theme, right? So I thought, okay, if I network my ass off on LinkedIn, wherever else, and I schedule pitch meetings and I put together a deck and a business plan and I talk about uh, projections and our future plans, yeah, we, we might get some VC funding. We, we might get some cash to, to make this thing happen. We could launch and that would be it. Right. But, right? It sounds... When I say it, it's like, yeah, anyone could. Um, my first, my next thought rather was that's not how I want, that's not the story I prefer to tell years right. from now when I'm talking about like when we're listening to this episode, uh, <laughs> 10 years from now in space, probably. <laughs> um, I want to be able to say like we chose a platform that promotes a community, collaboration and just fun. And I thought, you know, this is a fun product. It's really well made. It's professionally made. It is, it has been tested. It is safe. It is a quality product, but it's just fun. And I wanted to use the power of crowdfunding, something 
I've always been a fan of just as a contributor to other campaigns. I wanted to tell our story about how it was made, why it was made, uh, what our plans are, what it's going to look like. And the most important part, how anybody who contributes can earn some seriously incredible rewards and perks to help bring this project to life. And, you know, I was thinking like, do we do Kickstarter? Do we do GoGo? And I did my research and it turned out that Kickstarter was preferred because it has this urgency factor to it. Um, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners have seen or heard of it or been, of a camp- been part of a campaign at some point. If the goal is not met, so we're trying to raise, for example, uh, 4,500, 4,500 in 30 days, right. starting September 1st. If we do not hit that figure in 30 days, project fails and absolutely no money gets taken out of any. Yep. And even when you contribute, even when you contribute when we're live, nothing gets touched until or unless it's successful. That's right. Um, which is amazing, right? Uh, you're basically saying, Hey, I believe in this. I believe that this campaign will be successful, but if it's not, I keep my money, which is pretty cool. Um, also, when we were deciding between Kickstarter and Indiegogo, noticed that like Indiegogo, a great, incredible platform that has made a lot of dreams come true, um, allows you to keep all of the money you raise, even if you don't hit your goal. Um, I don't know if that's changed the last time I looked at it, but I think that's, that's kind of their thing. Um, but Kickstarter had the reach and then had the backer potential. Um, and personally, I'm way more interested in uh, the quality of and the amount of backers than the amount we raise. And right. I always will be. Um, because if we can get more people to be excited and into this project and bring them into our story, that's going to be worth any amount of money. So Kickstarter just had the tools, the creation tools to uh, allow me to use my amateur design skills and put something into action that, you know, effectively tells our story. And, um, honestly, some of the rewards that are now finalized and everyone can check them out on our preview page. Some of the rewards are simple and some of them are absolutely not crazy, but yep. they are very, very real. Uh, if you take a look at it, you'll see exactly what I mean. Oh yeah. And <laughs> yeah, that one at the bottom, that is 110% real and accurate. Um, and that's also a big reason why I wanted to do uh, Kickstarter as opposed to VC funding, um, because people can earn these fun rewards. I mean, we could have you on our pod, on our podcast. By the way, we're going to need to listen to this a few more times uh, to get some tips because uh, you're, you're crushing it, <laughs> Richard. Like, Thanks. You have a quality podcast, and uh, we're really excited about. I was really excited about being on. Um, but yeah, I mean, you could win. You can win your name on the bottle. We have only eight spots uh, on our bottle where you can be immortalized on the Kickstarter label that's going to go out with rewards. Um, and there's a bunch of other ones. I'm not going to, I don't need to go down the list. Uh, but if there's any you guys see, you can let us know on Instagram. Um, but it's just fun. And when, when I look at it, just as a fan of Kickstarter or someone who does buy product, it looks more like an experience than a checkout. And I think that's really important. And I think that this product, again, just wouldn't happen without our community. So I want to give that same opportunity to our community that's growing every day to help make this thing a reality. And, 
you know, reward them with, yep, some heavily discounted hot sauce that they may have already tried. It's a lot of other really fun extras that I think, um, I think our backers are going to be really, uh, thrilled to see and be happy with. So, um, yeah. And the page itself it took maybe eight to nine months just to get right. I just made final edits yesterday and I might even edit it, uh, a little bit more before launch. I just want to make sure it's, it's perfect for everyone. Yeah. I, I like, I like the, the, the leveraging of, of more modern design techniques in terms of just getting your message out there infographics things that resonate with with a particular audience and it it goes right into my next question we've always been taught when we're starting a business to find your your ideal customer your muse who's the person that that's going to be the driving force for uh your product or service uh in in this case who do you who do you see as your your ideal customer your the person that you know they'll see this they'll jump right in I, i mean is that something that you researched or you kind of in in the midst of building this community decided like hey these are the people i kind of want to go after yeah so you know i think that's just a really natural thought to have when you're making something like anything like who's who's gonna care yep because you can't please everybody (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's that's a, a universal truth uh i wish i knew much earlier in my life um there needs to be intention always Who's gonna, who are we making this for? Who's gonna hold it in their hand? Who's gonna experience it and like it enough to actually return for more, which would be so sweet. Um, the name of the Kickstarter is Hadi Aguacate Avocado Hot Sauce for Everyone. So that might as well say, in my eyes, uh, Avocado Hot Sauce for Everyone. Right. And the ingredients, I mean, if we break them down, you know, they're vegan. They are 100% natural, non-GMO, gluten-free. Everything in there is so clean and fresh and is, is made with ingredients for markets here in Astoria, Queens. And there is nothing about it that is suspicious, uh, in my opinion. Um, there's no artificial nonsense. It is just a really clean, green hot sauce with an avocado. Gotcha. Now, yeah. And, and we've had, you know, we can, we've looked at our insights, our demographics, our followers, people who love our content. But in my opinion, I think anybody who likes hot sauce, who enjoys avocados, who enjoys uh, packaging and branding design, um, anybody who wants to be healthier, who wants to be a little more adventurous with their food, uh, anybody who looks at this and says, you know what, this might make a good gift for someone who would appreciate this. Um, the flavor itself, sorry, uh, the heat itself, it's not like practical joke heat where you like you have a spoon and you need to get in a bathtub full of milk. Right. It's it it has this kick where you you taste the heat of the jalapeno and you're like, all right, this is definitely hot sauce. But it doesn't linger so much to where like you're calling nine one one. It's uh it's got a lot of ingredients that traditionally complement classic food. Uh, ginger, garlic, white vinegar, uh, sea salt, shallots. Uh, I don't have a bottle in front of me, but I think I got most of them. I mean, right. Tomatillos. Oh, of course. I mean, tomatillos. I can't believe I forgot because that's like a classic salsa hot sauce ingredient. Absolutely. Way before I even was a thought. So, um, we had to have some, we had to have 
Tomatillos in the hot sauce just to pay homage to the classic, uh, the classic heritage of the product. Um, so to answer your question, Rich, it's for everyone. It's for anyone who can afford to buy it, who can eat the ingredients and consume them. Uh, personally, I think hot sauce or, or chili heads, as I've come to know them now, um, I would hope that they would grab a bottle or two to just kind of show off. I mean, the bottle itself is designed as like a piece of art, in my opinion. So if you look at our logo, uh, our little avocado guy or gal, doesn't have a gender, uh, is wearing a crown. Yep. So I swear about three or four days ago, we decided to make the cap yellow because it would look like each bottle has its own crown, just like right. our logo. And this is a very, very recent idea. So my thought process, again, is that people will look at this and say, oh, it looks really cool. If it tastes good, that's just a bonus. I mean, that's what our focus is. But we see a lot of people who want to eat healthy, uh, focus on their wellness, especially now. Uh, I think it would also help to mention that hot sauce traditionally boosts our immune systems and actually keeps us healthy. Right. Um, which is a super thing to know. Uh so, I mean, especially now and not just now, but just always just focusing on being healthier and putting things into our body that makes us, makes us stronger, happier and healthier. Um, this will definitely help with that. And anyone who just wants to yeah, just add a little zing to what they're eating. And, I mean, at the end of the day, it, it's a hot sauce. We think it's great. I think you're going to like it. Um, but yeah, we, I'm, I'm excited to see who it resonates with the most. We're, we've been reaching out and partnering with so many different types of customers and companies and audiences that uh, we really don't know which way it's headed, but definitely ready. Awesome. Now, but before we, we jump into the next segment, I did want to ask, I mean, you're, you're doing the Kickstarter, of course, priority number one is making sure you secure funding, get fully funded. Um, you're anticipating having the, the product to your, your Kickstarter backers within you know a, a few months after launch now the next the next goal in in you know my next question is the goal the end game with this product is uh, and i'd like to presume this is where you're going you want to go onto your local store shelves right definitely <laughs> have you have you been researching uh, what goes into that in the midst of it obviously not putting cart before the horse you know you want to kind of definitely get to the funding stage but have you kind of said, all right, if I want to do it, here's where I want this product to to be able to be purchased. These are my ideal supermarkets or stores I want to work with. Absolutely. And this was this was a much earlier thought than it probably should have been. <laughs> um it's like because I thought, yeah, it's gonna be great and there'll be customers and yeah, I could order from our website. That'd be awesome. But we want you know want to get this into big markets. Right. You know, and that now I guess, you know, we want to t- target high growth or high volume e-commerce platforms who, uh, you know, have subscription boxes or stuff like that. But, uh, as part of the sample and feedback period, you know, I just identified local markets here in Queens. Uh, and I mean like Queens, not like all of New York. Like right. I had just focused on my hometown, uh, as a nucleus and I discovered, you know, there was say this one hot sauce shop that is it's famously known in New York for having all different types of sauces and they're, they're like a tasting room, a curation room. Um, and the first thing I did was that I called them up. Actually, no, I DM them on Instagram from the channel and I said, Hey, we are making an avocado hot sauce. We'd love to swing by with a sample and, and see what you think. 
Um, no reply for about a week. So I called them and that seemed to do it. We nice. scheduled, uh, said <laughs> have to be persistent. Um, scheduled the time to swing by. I got these really cheap craft boxes off of Amazon, some chalk markers, some shredded green paper. I printed out some business cards and I designed, I designed like my life depended on it. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> little, and I'm not a designer. I'm, I will never call myself a designer in my life. Um, so I just took a stab at it and I, I designed the crap out of this box, um, with custom crowns and keys and hearts, just like our logo and avocados and flames. And I put this beautiful box. I thought it was beautiful. Um, I put this box together. And I swung by, I met with their manager, we sat outside, and I knew in that moment, no matter how this was going to go, I was going to learn so much. Um, I was going to learn everything I needed to, to bring this to everyone else, regardless of how this goes. Uh, it turns out they liked it, and they said, let us know when you're ready, and we'll test it in our store for a certain period of time and see how it does. Uh, at that point, we, you know, we're, we're still, even today, we're not legally allowed to sell it because it's not being made in a commercial kitchen. Right. So we couldn't actually charge for it. Like, I actually had to say to somebody who was ready to buy the product, no. Wow. <laughs> it was tough. Um, but then I thought, okay, so this is what we need to do. And I wrote down all the questions that she asked in regards to the product. How much does it cost to make? What's the wholesale price? What should it retail for? Where do you get your bottles? Where do you get your labels? Is it all natural? And I just took that and I ran home. Uh, this place is in Brooklyn. And I just, I decided to walk slash run home in excitement and broke out the whiteboard. And I said, all right, this is what we need to do. So to answer your question, there is now a, a nice handful of markets and businesses who have sampled the hot sauce, uh, who will be receiving it in the mail shortly. Awesome. Uh, yeah, who we're confident, or I'm confident that they're going to like it and, and be ready uh, for us to wholesale. But before any of that, the number one priority is going to be fulfilling the Kickstarter backers rewards. Absolutely. Uh, making sure that, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's more important than the biggest wholesale deal in the company's history that the people who made the product possible are going to be rewarded first and not until that last one is fulfilled is when we will start moving on to that next phase. But really excited. Awesome. Uh, I'm glad we got to break down a lot of a lot of the story, where we're going, uh, the challenges you faced. Uh, I want to get into our, our next segment, which is the hot seat. It's a series of rapid fire questions, some related to the business, some related to the stuff we've talked about on regular shows, on on most of our other shows and some of the subject matter we cover. Uh real Again, real casual, not, you know, right off the top of the head, off the cuff. Yeah. All right. So first off, I want to I want to kick things off with an easy one, which is, you know, in the midst of you testing all of this, what has been your favorite delivery vehicle for the hot sauce? Is it scrambled eggs? Is it chips? (laughs) Okay. so you already just named it. It is it's scrambled eggs. Right. it's a tie between scrambled eggs and pizza. Um, nice. Okay. <laughs> it's awesome on pizza. Um, but the first time I ever had it was on scrambled eggs. And I'm like, yeah, this is, <laughs> this is what scrambled eggs are missing. 
Um, but that's that's definitely my go-to, and it's very nostalgic for me. Just eggs in general, and I think for most people, right? So yeah, definitely. Nice. Now, in the midst of all this, especially because you're, you know, I want to I want to use the not to pigeonhole other entrepreneurs, but you're what I like to call the modern day entrepreneur, just built from the ground up using the current uh, offering of tools out there. So did you do a lot of this work uh, just via your mobile device or was it a mix of mobile and uh, sitting in front of a Mac or a PC? One, probably, I mean, I just want to say my, my phone, my iOS device. Uh, it's, without it, I don't think it would have been able to happen. Um, I always have it on me. I use it to help grow the account uh, on our socials and to communicate with everyone and do everything. I mean, I'm so grateful for modern technology that I'm able to take the internet out of my pocket yep. and use it whenever I'd like. I'm sure you you are as well. And 100%. You know, listening is as well. <laughs> um, my phone. I mean, I have a I have a old tablet that I use just for bigger screens to visualize. But right. Yeah. I mean, props. Props to the iPhone. Got to give it up. Now, in terms of the design work, you were saying, you know, you're not a designer by trade, but uh, you know, the, the, the avocado logo, the crown with the, with the sauce. What were, what was that design process like for you? Were you just sketching and kind of giving ideas and then turning it over to another artist? How was, how was that process? Yeah. So this is a really fun aspect of the business for me. Cause if I was going to design, if I was going to have a company, the logo, the branding, it, it had to kick ass. Uh, just for me personally. Right. Um, the, the the logo that you guys see now uh, with our little avocado friend wearing a crown and holding a key to the club, uh, that was made by an artist that we had partnered with very early on uh, to make the official logo in exchange for uh, shout outs, social shares, and just all this awesome stuff. Um, after that, that kind of set the tone for creating the branding for the hot sauce, for our logo, word mark, and everything. Um, I wanted it to pop. I wanted it to use, I wanted to use bright, positive colors. Uh, and again, I, I can't say it enough. I'm not a designer. Um, but I, I use two main platforms that make me look like a designer. And the first is Procreate, which is a, a paid app. Um, probably familiar. It's, yep. it's a bit more like advanced for removing backgrounds and erasing and layers. And in my opinion, it's like, like a easier, more approachable Photoshop. Absolutely, I can um, agree with that. <laughs> yeah, you use it as well. I use it here and there just to kind of because again, I'm I'm definitely not an artist, <laughs> so I use it to kind of get uh, rough drafts of what I want, like for our our podcast network logos, things like that. I kind of try and throw something together just to give to a real artist, and he can kind of just. Um, use that as a better visual representation than just reading, you know, word vomit on a screen. I think it should look like this and it kind of needs to have this. And I'm like, you know, creatives, especially artists, they want to, they just want to see it. Like, what do you want? And then they kind of just give you the rough draft and build off of that. Then reading, like I said, just a a massive paragraph. Well, it should be like this and the scale should, no, artists, artists don't want to do that. (laughs) Exactly. So like I I wanted just, I wanted to learn how to do it, how to, like baseline design so that I could communicate it to say a, a head of design that comes on to the team one day, or, you know, I want to be able to speak their language. Right. So if it's not procreate, I'm jumping on Canva 
uh, personally, it is the best value, zero dollars. Yep. Uh, <laughs> to design anything you want. It's been my best friend for a really long time. Um, so those, those are the two that I'm using. Um, but in regards to the look and the feel of, say, just the, the branding for Hade Aguacate, I'm a, I'm a big gamer. Uh, which is why I was extra excited to be on this podcast because I know like it's part of it's yep. part of the uh, category toys, tech, and games and all that fun stuff. I mean, it's still such a huge part of my life. When there are little pockets of time, I'm, I'm jumping on PlayStation Network and uh, getting my butt kicked by strangers on the internet. Of course, um, <laughs> just part of it. But I wanted to use a little like old school gaming theme. Uh, within the branding, so like the green and uh, the yellow, I wanted it to pop and be designed in a way that was kind of like a retro look and feel to it. Um, I mean, I was born in 1990. I'm a 90s kid, but I still have such an appreciation for like early video game culture. Yep. Um, it's, and I know you do as well. Uh, <laughs> a guess. And um, yeah, I wanted to add a little of that to the, the design and the branding just for the logo itself. But for the word mark, I wanted to pay homage to like traditional Mexican cuisine and culture. Right. Because in my, in my opinion, hot sauce, when I think hot sauce, like good traditional hot sauce, it's Mexico. Absolutely. Um, I've never been. It's on the list. Um, but I wanted, I was going to make a hot sauce as somebody who has never done it before. Um, and I wanted to pay homage to that culture. So the, the text, uh, sorry, the font that we used uh, was designed by another designer that I had uh, partnered up with. And I said, you know, this is what we're going for. We want a Mexican culture. It's, this is our brand. It's a hot sauce. And the font, uh, to my opinion, seems to like, resemble that like old school Aztec style uh, carving and like the word, the letters just put together in a really pleasing uh, traditional way. That's like the best way I can describe it, at least for now. Um, but yeah, everything about the design, I think just in my eyes has been very mindful so that when someone looks at it, they can say, all right, this is a hot sauce. Um, it has a traditional yet modern method to it. And, um, let me give it a shot. But, uh, yeah, the designing, it, it's so much fun. Like, especially if you have just a little direction of where you're headed and right. the ideas just come into reality. It's, it's really, really great. One of one of the things I'll, I'll mention to to add to that when I you sent me the uh, the initial Kickstarter page and I was looking at it, you know the uh, the box art logo reminded me of this old movie called One Crazy Summer, and um, the artist uh, the artist was played by John Cusack and he would draw like his characters. And as soon as I saw like the box art, I'm like, wow, this kind of reminds me of that. So in, in terms of <laughs> drawing inspiration from like 80s, 90s. Those kind of things, I can 100% say you succeeded because as soon as I saw it, I'm like, wow, that reminds me of like oh. one crazy summer and, and the old graffiti you would see in the city with the real big bubble letters and, you know, the, the lavish colors and everything going on. I'm like, wow, this really is uh, number one. It, 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 it played on my nostalgia, but it also played on the fact that there's, there's New York, there's that New York vibe in there. Yeah, absolutely. It's, and this, I mean, this art box. No, I mean, it's going to be an exclusive reward. Um, there's a two bottle pack and a four bottle pack. Um, but for that design, for the box, they're going to be extremely limited and really 
that reward was meant for our earliest backers. Uh, those Facebook group members that I mentioned earlier, uh, friends and family, partners, and uh, we made it an exclusive perk so that people can kind of, you know, these fans that we've had from the early beginning can kind of claim and like claim this part of the campaign as an exclusive. Um, also, the design uh, is made by Queen of Hearts. You can find her on Instagram. She's based out of the Netherlands. She's incredibly, incredibly talented, and she agreed to create the box art for us. Uh, the best part, the what you're looking at now, hasn't been colored in yet, but it's going to be. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing um, that final product because it looks <laughs> it looks phenomenal. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be so cool. Um, we're gonna be applying the digital files to the box, and then yeah, once everything is put together, we're hoping it's gonna be a really pleasant, just customer experience. Uh, but yeah, th- thanks for calling that out. I mean, I really appreciate uh, really appreciate that. Really, really excited about it. When you wake up in the morning, what's the first app you visit? Uh, Twitter. Wow. Very unexpected. I, I, I swore it was going to be Instagram. Well played. <laughs> yeah. Um, Twitter is, I don't where I get my news right now. Um, from trusted sources, sources that I trust. Always. Right. And, you know, primarily for sports. I, I'm a Mets fan. So, God bless Twitter you. Can be both <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for um, No, my, it my, my wife is a Mets fan. So, I she I share your I share your pains. Oh, it's, what a what what um, yep. yeah, it's tough. It's probably even tougher for my parents who have been Mets fans for much longer who have dealt with this. But at least they saw a couple championships. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, Twitter is my go-to. It keeps me informed, and, and also, you know, there's a lot of thought leaders and advocates. So like, I'm always always following and reaching out to that. Have like helped inspire this project and the project besides jumping on Twitter and just seeing what's going on in the world is important to me. But that's definitely the first one. Yeah. Besides your parents, who definitely were your role models, who was your, your culinary muse for this journey? Who did you look at and say, Hey, I like the way that this person approaches food and I want to use the same, a similar approach. You know, you want to draw inspiration from them. Gordon Ramsay. Uh, this guy is when. So I, w- I was going through a tough time. Uh, I mean, I know you know we're all going through a tough time now, but me myself, I was going through uh, a dark time uh, a couple of years ago. Um, and you know, I had a bed, a television, and access to the seamless delivery app. So I was going to do a lot of damage and kind of reset. But Gordon Ramsay uh, on Master Chef, which I think was on Hulu. Uh, yeah, I think it was on Hulu. I watched about 10 straight seasons of MasterChef and I saw wow. this guy cook and talk about food and, you know, discover his story, his upbringing and his, you know, fiery passion, uh, his trademark passion for food and getting it right. Uh, I mean, after I watched one episode, I think I tried making a cheese souffle for the first time and almost burned down my apartment. Holy crap. That's pretty insane. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, everything. Um, but. He, yeah, this guy, I've never met him in my life. I'd love to one day. And I would love for him to try this hot sauce and criticize the crap out of it and just tear it apart. I think that would be really, really entertaining, fulfilling for me. Nice. But yeah. Uh, yeah. I'd love to follow him. And, you know, he's such a successful entrepreneur and business owner. The guy never stops. His energy is contagious. Um, 
So I would say aside from my parents, definitely and will always come first, uh, it'd be that guy. Nice. What's uh, your favorite piece yeah. of tech besides your phone or your computer? Ooh. So, I mean, I would, I'll say again, like my PlayStation, uh, I've had a lot of, I've had every version since the beginning. I know a new one is coming out soon. Yep. Uh, let's see. I mean, aside from my PlayStation, because I, I did already mention that favorite piece of tech. Yep. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just looking around my room right now. I mean, I love, I love my Apple Watch. Um, it also keeps me healthy and reminds me to breathe. Which is a, which is awesome because I didn't realize that like a lot of people just like forget to breathe throughout the day. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. As, a, as an Apple Watch user, it 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 comes in handy sometimes, and sometimes it pops up at a real opportune time when you when you kind of need that pause, that moment of reflection. I mean, as an entrepreneur, I'm sure you had plenty of those moments where you just said, you know what, just breathe, sit back, and and look at this with a fresh set of eyes. Yeah. It's- I mean, that's exactly right. It's kind of this like little companion you forget is there until it vibrates. Yep. Like, hey, just, check, just checking on you. Want to see how you're doing? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'd say the Apple Watch. I've had the, the first generation one for years and it still holds up. Nice. What was the last book you read? Ooh, okay. Last book I read was Peace is Every Step by Thich Nhat Hanh. Uh, Highly, highly recommend. This is a this is one of those life changing pieces of art in book form, uh, given to me by a friend. It is filled with practical methods and stories that help make us more mindful. So, after reading it, you'll look at food differently. You'll look at water boiling differently. You'll look at leaves falling differently. You'll recognize your own anger and frustration in an entirely new and positive way it's basically like 200 pages of meditation and calmness and focus and it's kind of like a a pleasant slap in the face if i can be like candid it's like look stop complaining so much stop worrying so much um you know the the present is called the present because it's a gift you know that sort of way of thinking and um Again, yeah, it's called Peace is Every Step. It's a really short but powerful read. It's probably one of the best decisions I ever made. And, and personally, like, I'm not, I'm not a reader. Right. I don't open up books. Um, there are very few that I would read and they're written by people I admire so much. Um, Rich, like, if you were to write a book and release it, I'd be one of your early, earliest customers. <laughs> no doubt. Um, but this one kind of like, it'll stop you. It'll slow things down. It will make you happy. Um, it will remind you to breathe. And honestly, it's, um, I'm super grateful for discovering it. Nice. Now, as a gamer, what was the last game that you played or are currently playing? So I'm a big baseball guy, as you know, uh, big Mets fan. So I play MLB The Show 20 uh, primarily uh, when I'm feeling confident. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, starts, it starts with confidence. But it ends in devastation. But I'm always ready. I mean, always ready for it. I would say the game that moved me the most. I know this moved me the most. I know this wasn't the question, but I think it's worth shouting out. Um, I recently played The Last of Us Part Two. Yep. Uh, I, I can hear in your voice that you played it, or at least heard of it. Absolutely. Played the <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's a game that definitely touched on a lot of different emotions. You know, you've definitely got emotionally invested in that game. 
which I think is just a testament to good storytelling, which going going back to what you're trying to do with your product, you know, th- about telling that story. Absolutely. And and since you played it from start to finish, you can see that it, it was it was written brilliantly in a way never done before. And yeah, you're right. I mean, in a way it kind of inspired me to like keep going and stay focused. And I mean, I use video games. I mean, it's a great way to, it's a great expression of art and storytelling. And I could honestly say I've been inspired by so many titles over the last 30 years now that I've been playing, uh, and applied it to things that I'm working on. And, uh, I hope to be gaming for, for the rest of my life. And, uh, yeah. Uh, this question always everybody has has a blast with. What's something you've purchased recently that is less than a hundred dollars that has made your life easier or more enjoyable? Okay, less than a hundred dollars, uh, which is <laughs> all or most of my purchases. Um, you said you said life changing. No, that's made your life easier, just easier overall or more enjoyable. Ooh, okay, a Spider-Man themed waffle maker. <laughs> nice. I cannot so. Yeah, it sounds ridiculous and silly. There's, first of all, waffles, like scrambled eggs, are so nostalgic. Uh, you know, for me, I think for a lot of us, um, I'm a big Marvel guy. You know, I'm from Queens. Spider-Man is my number one superhero. Um, and I just thought, I mean, I, this is a recent purchase. But I want to do something fun and childlike and like nostalgic. And I just, I got this thing. I got some waffle mix and it actually makes like a web waffle with like his eyes on it and it felt like i was eating breakfast at like the table five or six years old again and it was like it was kind of a really powerful moment for me. so now whenever i'm feeling down and hungry i will i will make a spider-man waffle um very happy with that purchase and highly recommend nice now, obviously, you know, it wouldn't be a, a toys and tech of the trade without, uh, some toys talk and you being a nineties, a nineties kid, um, favorite toy growing up. Oh man. Oh, I have, I have a thousand images running through my mind right now. Um, favorite toy. So nineties was okay. a good time for that stuff, man. Oh man. It's the best decade of all time. Let's just, let's just <laughs> make that official. Um, I have, I have. Two answers. Is that okay? Yeah, man. Of course. Awesome. So the first is something that I doubt if anybody remembers this, that would be amazing. They were called scanners. That's S-K-A-N-N-E-R-Z. Scanners. So this little Game Boy-shaped device, uh, you would take it to, say, the supermarket. So if, if I was going with my mother to the market to go from shopping, I would take this device, and this thing had a like a scanner on the top of it, just like you would scan a barcode. Right. And you could go, you could go to any product in that store that had a barcode. You could scan it and it would give you like a monster yep. upgrade, a reward. Wait, do you remember scanner? Yep. And I, and I'll tell you why, because at the time they were kind of doing the whole, I, I guess the genre, it was like barcode battlers. And you'd essentially go and do different things and it would kind of generate like a character for you, almost like Pokemon. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I don't, I didn't remember the name, but I remember the concept because the commercials were always like, you know, the guy screaming in your face, scan your favorite thing and get a monster. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I'm so happy. Okay. Yeah. They came in like blue and green. Um, it was just, I just thought it was brilliant and so ahead of its time. 
um, to be able to do something like that. And I remember having so much fun. I used to love going food shopping with my mother because I got to dance and upgrade my monsters and my abilities. Um, I don't know where it is now. Uh, maybe I'll discover it in storage one day. My second answer, and you mentioned them already, Pokemon cards were, and honestly still are, a huge deal for me. Um, I'm sure you and I could probably talk about it for a week straight. Oh yeah, there's um, a lot of there's a lot of stuff in there. I mean, I worked in a comic book store <laughs> in the '90s uh, through high school, so I remember the Pokemon card craze as it started to really pick up. It was on the tail end of the Magic the Gathering phase, so. Oh, I remember it all too well. Yeah. I mean, Pokemon also coincidentally was my first entrepreneurial venture. I used really? to make grab bags, like mystery packs and sell them in elementary school. Nice. Um, yeah. And I definitely should have charged, <laughs> charged way more. Um, but now I just think it's really cool to see it like really resurface, uh, in a big way. Just, you know, it's good for like flippers, obviously, who want to do well in the business and make some quick cash, but. Like I jumped on eBay about a month ago with a friend. And, like we picked up Blastoise, Charizard, Venusaur's first edition, Shadowless. Like, and just to receive that in the mail to hold it just brought back a just a huge wave of emotions and nostalgia. So, uh, yeah, definitely Pokemon cards. Um, yeah, man, nice, very, very, yeah. Uh, last two questions before we wrap things up. Uh, what's your favorite place to eat in Queens? Ooh, <laughs> man come on come on like my answer is queen right yep <laughs> because we are the food capital of the of planet earth the most culturally diverse region of earth which is yep. a crazy fact um man who do i give love to right now uh i definitely have an answer for you shoot favorite place to eat in Queens. okay there's a place called Casa Enrique in Long Island City. Are you familiar with it? I used to live in Long Island City, and I feel like I've heard the name. Okay, so it's right by the 7 on Vernon Boulevard. Okay. Uh, right before you head down towards Gantry Park on Center. Um, it is, I think, still to date, the only Michelin-rated Mexican restaurant in all of New York City. Um I will say they have incredible guacamole, which I think is a is a prerequisite to dominate you know. Yep. Um but the thing that stands out the most is their mole. Um I mean, they're a Mexican restaurant, but it's kind of like if you've never been to Mexico, I imagine, because I've never been, um, this is the closest thing. The ingredients are amazing. The staff is so super friendly. They have a nice like outdoor space, it's designed really well. The food is a 10 out of 10. Um, and yeah, it's, it's definitely like a very celebratory spot that I like to go to and bring, you know, new friends and family. Gotcha. So yeah, I would, I would definitely say Casa Enrique. Hope they're doing, still doing well. Um, would love to stop by again. Nice. And the last one to close things out, I call you up a year from now. I go, Brandon, what's going on with Hadi Aguacati? What would you like that answer to be? <clears throat> wow. 365 days from now. Yep. Um, I would like to say, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm getting a little emotional about it. Um, okay, well, we launched two new flavors and now we have three. We are in a hundred different markets. Um, you know what? Scratch, scratch all of that. Scratch all of that. I want to be able to say 
we have the happiest customers in the world. That's a hell of a way that's to, it. that's a hell of an answer. Yeah. And to, to wrap things <laughs> up, we do, we like to call reach one, teach one, like to just give a little bit of actionable value to our listeners from our, our fellow creators and entrepreneurs. Um, somebody wants to go on this journey, create a product in the food industry. What's one piece of actionable, actionable advice you'd want to give them? Eat as much of that type of food as you possibly can. Um, if you want to make ice cream, you know what to do. Yep. If you want to make hot sauce, you know what to do. If you want to make anything, you must be a professional customer and know that industry and the, and the construction and the biology of that particular item, you must know everything about it. And that's a fun thing to do because you get to eat or drink a lot of that product, um, get to know it, get to know what you don't like. Uh, notice I, I didn't say get to know what you like because it's way more valuable to know what's not right or what you don't like. Um, ask questions, talk to people, like re- reach out to me, uh, reach out to the channel at Join Avocado Club or uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Brandon Passford, uh, Instagram. I have a channel just about everywhere. I would love to help guide you in the right direction. Uh, I've learned enough to this point to be able to, I think, to nudge anybody who wants to just get into the space. Um, but yeah, I would say just, just embrace the mistake. And if you love food and you really love it, you won't stop. I think that's a, that's a perfect piece of advice and a great way to close things out. Uh, Brandon, I really, really appreciate you taking the time to share the toys and tech of your trade. And I can happily say that when the Kickstarter goes live September 1st, you definitely have a backer here. Rich, thank you so much. Uh, of course, that is endlessly appreciated. In fact, I would just, I'd love to send you a bottle just to thank you for having me on because I had so much fun just talking to you. Absolutely. Um, so, so I would love to send that your way as soon as possible. Uh, also something I definitely don't want to forget if it's okay. Um, and this is featured in our campaign page as well. Okay. Once, yeah, uh, really excited about this. Once Hadiago Tade is in business. So that means all of the Kickstarter rewards have been fulfilled and we could, uh, start regularly selling on our website. We're going to be donating a percentage of profits to organizations like Roar who are actively helping to support restaurant workers in New York City who have been directly affected by COVID-19. Awesome. Um, as you know, yeah, a lot of restaurants have had to close, unfortunately. You know, people have lost jobs who like rely on these hourly wages. And I think it, it's such an anchor right now for what we're doing here. Um, we're building it. It's made in Queens and it's made for Queens at the same time and the rest of New York City. Um, we want to be able to give back. So any future purchase, we're definitely going to be donating, uh, to help everyone out and, and get New York city back to where it should be. Awesome. That is, that is tremendous. And I'm, you know, I commend you on that initiative. And just to recap for the listeners, uh, the Kickstarter is going live on September 1st. Um, people can find, uh, Hadi Aguacati and, these links for all your social in the show notes for this episode. They can connect with you on LinkedIn. I'll make sure to connect with you there and link out to that as well. Is there anything else you wanted to add? Any other calls to action that you'd like our audience to to do for you? Uh, actually, yes. Um, wash your hands as much as you can. Wear a mask. 
please, when it's appropriate to stay connected to friends and family, be safe and just stay positive. Awesome. Once again, Brandon, thank you so much for taking the time to share the toys and tech of your trade. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Brandon and really got a lot of insight into what it takes to bring a product like a hot sauce to market. I'm very, very excited not only to back this project, but also to showcase another New Yorker, another fellow creator here in the Big Apple. With everything going on, every little bit of conversation, promotion, and just uh, signal boosting really, really helps out. Everything we discussed in this episode will be in the show notes, as well as links to the Kickstarter campaign and how you can connect with Brandon as well. Last but not least, call to action as always. If you want to be a guest on a future episode of Toys and Tech of the Trade, drop me a line, rich at rageworks.net. You can also fill out our contact form for Toys and Tech of the Trade and some of our other podcasts as well. Last but not least, if you enjoyed this podcast and any of the others that we've done, please take a moment and give us a rating on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, whichever service you're using. If it has a review system, take a moment. Give us a rating. If we delivered value and exceeded your expectations, a five-star rating is always appreciated. And if you got a minute or two, definitely want to write a blurb and let us know what you think about the show. Not only does it help us in terms of social proof, but it's a great way to show just additional engagement. I know so many of you are downloading the episodes. The numbers definitely uh, reinforce that. But still, I definitely want to hear from you. You want to, like I say, be a guest, have some business questions, podcasting questions, just need somebody who's a friendly ear, by all means, do not hesitate to reach out. And we got so many more awesome guests on deck for the month of September and October. Um, I'm just really pumped on what's going on with Toys and Tech of the Trade, and I look forward to sharing many, many more stories with you. Well, on behalf of myself, Brandon, and the rest of the folks at the RageWorks Podcast Network, thank you all for your continued support. Uh, if you're a hot sauce aficionado, I'm sure Brandon will be excited if you can back his Kickstarter. As I said, links in the show notes for this episode. And that's it. As always, new episodes are available every two weeks on Wednesdays on your podcast platform of choice. And that's it. Time to wrap up this bonus episode of Toys and Tech of the Trade. Thank you guys for listening. I'm out of here. Peace.
Toys and Tech of the Trade is part of the RageWorks Podcast Network, your source for rants about gaming, entertainment, and the works. Visit us at RageWorksNetwork.com.